the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Alongside Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. Very happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to be joined by former NHL player, agent, and general manager. He's had basically every job you can in hockey, and now he has the job of analyst for NHL Network, where you can watch him on NHL Now and NHL Tonight throughout the regular season, including today beginning at 3 o'clock. Brian Lawton joins us now via the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Brian, we always appreciate the time, my friend. How are you doing today? Doing fantastic, and I always appreciate being on. Oh, we enjoy having you on. So, Brian, let's start out with this. The Blues had a rough go of it the other night against the Flames. It was the first time all year that they they really had a no-show. They lose 7-1, to one, and Jordan Bennington was in net for that one. It wasn't his fault. They played horribly in front of him. But unfortunately, this was just the latest poor start from Jordan Bennington. Uh, Brian, you've been in that chair as a general manager. When you've got a goalie that's struggling the way that Bennington has so far this season, knowing what he's been in the past, what's going through your mind as you're watching some of these struggles? Well, obviously for Craig Berube, you know, he's got to try to figure out who can give him the best chance to win on any given night and in the past or for the certainly majority of his time as head coach, that's been Jordan Bennington. But you have to maintain a level of accountability. I'm not surprised that Billy Huso is going to get the start tonight against a Calgary team that's absolutely running. But I still think in the back of Ruby's mind, Jordan Bennington is his guy. He just needs him to get it going, to elevate his play, to get back to the levels that he set for himself. He's never been a guy that... I have considered maybe a Vezina candidate. You know, the numbers other than really the one year when he had a 927, the save percentage hasn't really been there, but he's been a guy that I consider a winner, a guy that comes up with a big save when you need it, a guy that recognizes the flow of the game and has always performed at the biggest minutes when the brightest lights were on him. So uh, I'm not writing off Jordan Bennington by any stretch of the imagination. Competition is good. Uh, Billy Huso has been terrific. And when you add the combination of these two guys up together, it's a pretty nice luxury for the St. Louis Blues. Brian, you've been on both sides of what took place uh, the other night for the Blues against the Flames, that 7-1 loss. How do you how do you evaluate a game like that in the middle of the season when you're a player and when you're a general manager? Honestly, with how the Blues have played this way, and it's it's situational for every team, but where the Blues are at, how they've played, I would throw that one in the garbage can, especially knowing that they're going to be right back at it against the team 
that's absolutely on top of their game right now in the Calgary Flames, a team that did just go through their own struggles but has refound their form, has gotten back to the way they played at the start of the year. It's going to be a great test for St. Louis. I would not put too much into the last game. I would have used it as motivation up until this game, but that's about it. I wouldn't read too much into it. I'm with you on that, Brian, but what, one of the questions that we've been asking all year about this team is, do you have the right partner for the pairing with Colton Pareko? And in that game against Calgary, Nico Mikola had a really rough go of it, so much so that Craig Berube in the third period basically told him, hey, go, go ahead and uh, take take a seat, park it for a little bit, and we'll get you going again in the next one. But he didn't have a single shift in the third period against the Flames because of how poorly things were going for him. As you look at the way that this Blues team is con- Constructed and then being a legit contender right now, how much of a need do you view upgrading that second pairing or first pairing, depending on how you view it, defenseman with Colton Pareko? Yeah, shutdown pairing is how I view it. And I've liked what Mikolo has brought, and I've liked some of the progression he's made, but I'd feel a lot better, you know, if he were potentially in the third pair, to be honest with you. And and Doug Armstrong knows that. Uh, every team could say essentially the same thing. If we just had one more D, we'd really feel great about our team. One more guy that's just maybe a little bit more experienced and has a little more progression than where Nico Mikola's at right now would be wonderful. Does that mean the Blues will be able to do it? No, but I do think there's some examples of players out there that would be an upgrade for them uh, that would be somewhat creative thinking a guy like Carson Soucy maybe plying his trade for the Seattle Kraken after being picked in the expansion draft a guy that Doug Armstrong would know well from his time with the Minnesota Wild I, I there's lots of examples like that it's just a matter of making a really good call for your team Doug Armstrong has shown nothing but to be brilliant in that area quite frankly so uh, I, I'd expect if Craig Berube continues with the type of thoughts he had last game, then there'll be an upgrade made at some point. Is that what you do in this situation, Brian? Because everyone's talking around the league of a Jacob Chikrin and a Mark Giordano and a Ben Sherratt. Those are the three big names that are available on the market. But we've seen Doug Armstrong do this in the past where everyone was talking about a couple of defensemen and then he swoops in and picks up a Marco Scandella that nobody brought up. Do you try and navigate like that if you're a GM? I think that's in Doug's DNA. You know, he's not afraid to go for the uh, headline name, but he's also not afraid to be creative and to come up with another player that maybe just fits their system. Uh, Maybe is just a St. Louis blue type player. And he's found gold a lot of times throughout his career going that path. So Jacob Chikrin sounds nice. It's probably the least riskiest. It'll also cost him the most. Is that a point or a direction he wants to go right now? with this team i don't think so personally so in in this one more on this blues team brian if you don't mind what we've seen in the central division are are just a ton of teams that have talent that i don't know if people expected it to be this tough i mean you got nashville minnesota winnipeg is still a very dangerous team and then of course colorado and st louis do you try and expedite that decision if you're doug armstrong because of how difficult the central division is or do you still let this thing play itself out and see kind of what this group that you have in place can do i think every gm would like to expedite that (laughs) that move that they want to make the fact of the matter is when you call around and you talk to teams 
I mean, the high-end guys are always going to wait because they think there's something better around the corner, and sometimes there is and sometimes there isn't. Um, but it's better for your team if you can get a guy in, get him acclimatized with a new group, give him a little bit more time so he can have a bigger impact. It just seems to work out less and less and less in this flat-cap salary environment that these guys are managing teams in. Jimmy Rutherford was famous for it. He always liked to make his move early. Uh, you can rest assured, Jimmy, who's back at it now as a president in Vancouver, is trying to do that. He's going to find it more difficult than ever, just like Doug Armstrong is and every other general manager. Can you still have your mind changed about your roster at this point of the season? In terms of what? In terms of needing to add or just, be more specific? Just knowing what your roster is like. The one thing that people talk about the Blues is their defense just might not be as good as they thought it was going into the season. Can that still be changed between now and the trade deadline if you're Doug Armstrong? Um, are you suggesting then that Doug could just sit pat and say, I've got the group to move forward? Or are you suggesting that what people are saying, it needs to change? Correct. Yeah. It, that, there's a chance that he could look at this and say, we feel like Nico Mikola can continue to get better, continue to improve. So we're just going to let this play itself out. Absolutely. That can happen. That's a day by day evaluation. That's one of the biggest things that Doug is tasked with every day. Now he's got to use his staff and, and Doug does that really well. He's got great people on the staff, but a lot of that has to do with, you know, just the, those individual conversations you have with the coach really every day in today's world. You know, sometimes they're in-depth and serious. Sometimes they're casual, but you glean a lot of information from what your coach thinks, and then you got to add it in with what you think. And then you have to realize that the buck stops with you when you're, when you're the general manager in terms of the player's that the coach has to play. Final question that I've got. Really important distinction. Sorry, go ahead. No, by all means. Final question that I've got for Brian Lawton, former NHL player, agent, and general manager. He's joining us on 101 ESPN. You can now see him over on the NHL network and follow him on Twitter at Brian Lawton nine, the number nine. Uh, Brian, with Calgary being on the schedule back-to-back for the Blues, there's been a lot of conversations, as you can probably imagine, about Matthew Kachuk, who's going into an RFA offseason. And there was already talk last year about, hey, what's the future hold for him in Calgary? And could the Blues potentially make a move to trade for a Matthew Kachuk? When you hear something like that, it would obviously be a massive move for the Blues, and they would have to, if they decided to make a move like this, pay him significant sums of money. Do you think that's something that would make sense for the Blues this offseason? And how do you view the future of Matthew Kachuk in Calgary? Uh, I view the future of a lot of players, to be honest with you, in Calgary up in the air. If you take a look at their roster, Matthew obviously is right at the top of it in terms of highest paid. He's an RFA, but right below him is another fellow named Johnny Gaudreau, who's not an RFA, but instead an unrestricted Hmm. free agent. So uh, the Calgary Flames, to me, are a very fascinating organization as to what they're going to do with these two players. I don't believe they will both be back. Uh, but I also don't believe either one of them is going anywhere before the playoffs this year. I think that's a decision that management is going to make afterwards. Some people have said, well, that's crazy, Brian. You can't wait that long on Johnny Goodrow. But I don't think they care in Calgary. I don't think they're as concerned about it as what maybe outsiders have to say. I think they feel like, let's see where we go 
and then we'll reevaluate. They do have some money available, primarily because you have guys like Goudreau and Kachuk that are coming off the book, so that gives them some flexibility. Um, but I just, for whatever reason, and I don't know anything in talking to anybody in Calgary specifically, but I feel like one of those two players will not be back for sure. How much do you think it would command in a trade for Kachuk if you had to guess? Obviously, we don't know, but as an RFA who is an impending free agent the year after potentially, how much do you think he would command via the trade market? Uh, he's going to command as any as much as anybody we've seen traded in the last few years, much more than, for instance, uh, the Blues paid for even Ryan O'Reilly, in my opinion. Interesting. He's Brian Lawton, one of the best in the business. You can check him out on NHL Network. We always enjoy having him here on 101 ESPN. Brian, all the best to you and yours. Enjoy the games tonight, and we'll talk with you again soon. Fantastic. Thanks for having me on.